Welcome to Triangle BNI. Today's show is brought to you by Simply Done Concierge. Uh, we're in the middle of February now. How are you doing with your to-do list for the new year? Uh, you made it through the holidays probably, made it through Valentine's Day, but we got spring coming up, all kinds of things to be uh, thinking about doing. Uh, so if you will go to simplydoneconcierge.com, there's a little box there to fill out what we can help you with and uh, let Mary and her team know that, and they will help you be in two places at once. Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. Each week on Triangle B&I, we bring you a local small business success story. If you are not familiar with BNI, it is Business Networking International, the world's largest networking organization. Our little slice of heaven here in the Triangle is Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, and the surrounding towns. Each week, 32 chapters and over 600 members get together, and our goal is to help each other grow our business. And our uh, small, our local small business success story this week is me, and I need help reading calendars because I thought for sure Today was February 26th. I have no idea why, but I have a guest lined up, and I thought that was today. And so on short notice, reached out to a few people. They could not make it, but uh, we're going to talk about a few things, business and personal, this week and uh, uh, see if we can pass on some And you numbers. just gained another week. I did, yeah. So I got uh, <laughs> I got guest booked now for the next three weeks, uh, the next three of the, three of the next five weeks. So anyways, uh, Amnon keeps telling me to have a backup person, and I – haven't done that yet. So eventually, maybe one day, everybody will see me do that. So um, uh, we talked about this couple over the last couple of weeks. Amnon and I are part of a brand new uh, BNI chapter. It's called a core group until we launch. We need 20 members. We're at 11. Uh, we've got good lines on one, maybe two more right now. And we've got some more people coming to visit tomorrow. We meet at the Farm Bureau office at 5211 Western Boulevard on Tuesday mornings at 815. So if you're in the area, you want to come be entertained and say hi, we'd love to have you. Or if you know somebody trying to grow a business, start a business, grow a business, grow their book of business, and they know they need to meet people, we'd love to have them. Um, But it's interesting starting things, no matter what kind of club or group you're trying to figure out, all right, who's going to like this? Who's going to want to be part of this? What will it do for them? Because no matter what we do, we need to see value. Uh, and I do a lot of B&I chapter training. And the first place I go, the first example I give is Amazon. There's the value. I hit pay, and the next morning it shows up on my front doorstep. Um, it's interesting to watch generations deal with shopping because, well, even my wife and I are different. I love Walmart. No surprise to people that know me. I love Walmart. I do our food shopping. I usually go Sunday morning. I'm one of those old people there at six o'clock in the morning and I get my shopping done. Uh, I like Walmart because there's good people watching down there. Uh, I enjoy it. My wife shops on Amazon uh, and it's delivered to the doorstep and we have two sons and they they and their wives all do grocery shopping online, which is interesting. Uh, But again, it's value. So what value do you place in where you go, what you do, what you buy? That's the first thing as a business owner or a business professional, uh, what value do I bring to the table? So I'm a carpet cleaner now. A partner and I bought TNT Carpet Cleaning. 
Uh, it's been in the triangle for 25 years. Uh, Tom and Kimberly, wonderful owners, co-owners, uh, decided to retire, which is what you do when you start your own business. You build it to a point and you retire. And so the value we have is, uh, A, it's going to be easier than if you went to, probably going to be cheaper in the long run, too, if you went to Home Depot. So take factor in the time it takes when you leave your house to drive to Home Depot or Lowe's, buy a carpet cleaning machine or rent one, excuse me, get the right uh, chemicals, and somebody who's explaining this to you may or may not be certified in that area, and then you drive home, you clean your own carpet, hopefully it's done almost as good, then you have to drive back to to Home Depot or Lowe's, return everything, and then come home, okay? So you figure if you've got three bedrooms for us to clean, we're $35 a bedroom, that's 105 bucks, okay? What's your time worth? What's the value? So that's the first thing we do is we take it off your list. Second thing is your carpet's going to look really good. So next time you entertain, your friends are going to go, wow, Amnon, this carpet looks beautiful. Right? So what are the, what's the value you bring to your customers? So each week to get our chapter to the, our group to the point of launching at 20 members, we have to invite people. And it's been interesting watching the people in our group talk about who they're going to invite. And I always tell people, start with the folks you know and tell them what you're up to. Whether you're starting a church group, a running club, a BNI group, does not matter what you're starting. Start with the people that can be your cheerleaders and want to see you succeed and want to help you. They may not want to join, that's fine. But you ask them, I was at a, a BNI meeting in Wake Forest the other day, and I talked to one of the insurance guys there, and I said, I know you don't have an employee but I need somebody you know real well in the insurance world that is just like you because that's what I want in my chapter. So all I did was I went to somebody I know, somebody I've seen in B&I, somebody I like, we get along real well, and I said, send me somebody like you. And you ask enough people, so I've got, in theory, I've got a commercial realtor coming tomorrow. I mean, a commercial insurance person. I've got a painter. I've got a property manager. Who's the other one? Oh, and a, a life insurance person. At least in the next two weeks, hopefully those four people will show up. And all I did was ask friends, people I know, who do you know like you or that somebody that works for you that wants to start? So when you're looking to start a group or a club or anything like that, just always start with the people you know because they're going to want you to succeed. Instead of if you and I met Thursday at a networking event, and I invite you to a meeting Tuesday morning, you're an easy no. You're like, Mike, boy, I'd like to, but, man, 8.15 is kind of tough for me in the morning. We have no connection, and you're an easy no, and I don't, I, I'm not going to feel bad because, well, we just met the other day. I took a shot. And then I can brag to my group, well, I invited uh, Susie, and we met, and, she, boy, she'd be really good, but she couldn't make it today. And who knows if Susie and I will ever talk again, right? But I invite Amnon. And I can tell him more, and he'll believe me more when I tell him. Now I'm going to tell him the four people I'm going to introduce him to because I'm going straight to his pocketbook. That's what I want. I want him to make a business decision to go, you know what, Mike, send me the address. I think there's some people I want to meet. And all I want to do is get them in the room. Right? So start with the folks you know when you're starting any kind of group is what I've learned instead of sending 42 emails to 42 people you know at different levels and three of them respond.
and the rest of them just ghost you. So they're probably not coming anyway. So it's fun to uh, it's fun to watch that process. It's actually not bad. It gives you a chance to. I reached out to a painter, um, Mark Armstrong with Wow One Day Painting, who was on the show however long ago it was, <laughs> about a year ago. No, this was in Mark was was Mark in studio. Anyways. Uh, and I just reached out. He owns a Wow One Day painting franchise. Good dude. I know he's not going to join. But I said, hey, do you know a painter? And he goes, I don't really come across many of them, but when I do, I'll let you know. Called a photographer friend of mine, uh, Anthony Torres. He's already sent us a photographer. Again, start with the people you know. When you're trying to get something going, start with the people you know that will look out for your best interest. And like, just like you said, you do, you're not really inviting people just to join. No. You want them to be there to see what it is. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, even if they are not, even if they're not in business, yeah. they go back home and they know about a handyman. Yep. They know about a realtor. They know. Yep. And these are people that if you are associating with, mm. they say, yes. I'm yeah. not, you know. Yeah. So if I let's go back to me inviting Amnon. If his if his first answer was Mike, I'm already in enough groups. I don't need another one. I would say fine. I don't even want you to join. But you've been telling me for months now. These are the two people you've been looking. These are two types of people you've been looking to meet. I got him in one room. They'll be there tomorrow morning at eight fifteen. Here's the address. And he's like, Oh, okay, right. But I acknowledged up front what he already told me was he's not joining another group, and I'm going to prove him wrong. I'm never going to tell him he's going to join. I'm not even going to ask him. I'm going to get him in the room, and he'll make his own mind up. I've been at B&I long enough to to know that generally what's supposed to happen does. If he gets in the room and he gets a good vibe from the room, he's welcomed. He meets some people, and then after the meeting, somebody follows up with him and said, Hey, Amnon, hope you had a good time at the meeting. Would love to set up a one-to-one with you, grab a cup of coffee. Just see how, see how we can help each other. Now at least he's thinking about it, and that's all we want him to do. Instead of like, oh, a meeting. Big difference between, oh, Mike, I don't have time for another meeting versus, oh, I, I met some really good people there. I had a good time. Mm-hmm. That's all I want him to do is just start thinking about it. Because right now he's not. Right now a good friend of his is telling him, you're going to be up early tomorrow morning to come to my meeting, and that's all he's hearing. But he walks in the room. He meets the right people, and now he's thinking about it. That's all we want them to do. They'll figure it out, but I know I needed to give him more information because I can tell him how good it is. That's not going to get him there. Right? I need to tell him who's going to be there. That's what will get him there, and then he'll figure everything out. So, And there's no hard selling. It's no. not such thing as, nope. you know, if you join today, yeah. it's this. Hey, 20% uh, off. You know, no. We're we'll throwing free set of no, Ginzu knives. That's what it's, <laughs> right. <laughs> or uh, what were the other, what were the, oh, all those uh, um, uh, late night infomercials, right? Uh, it was the uh, Ginzu uh, yeah. knives and yeah. the juicer, there's all kinds of, yeah. Uh, the, the guy that, um, I think he still does it, the flex seal. He paints uh-huh. the bottom of a boat yep. with a hole in it. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, many. I mean, when you get and you get invited to all kind of meetings yeah. that uh, will help you with this, will yeah. help you with that, and you sit there, and then they approach you, and well, if you do it today, if you decide yeah. to, yeah, then it's going to be that much. But if you're going to wait, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's that. Uh, no, I okay. I walk out. 
And I'm with you. And when people, I don't know if, if you guys have ever been sitting at home on a Saturday or Sunday morning and you know, or Sunday, either day, any point of the day, and you know nobody's coming over and there's a knock on your front door. It's like, all right, here we go. And I'm with you. I buy nothing on the front porch. Absolutely nothing. I don't care if it was a Tesla for 50 bucks. I'm not buying anything at my front door. You can leave me stuff, but I'm not buying anything right there. So back to Amnon's point, there's no sale. The room will sell itself. If you have an informational meeting for your book club, for your gardening club, for your whatever club or group, the room will sell itself. And if the room doesn't sell anybody, then you got to check and see who's in the room. But if you're in there with quality people who want to meet others and help and you know do whatever, the room will sell itself. So the goal is just to get, get the right people in the room to begin with and then let the room sell, the, do the rest of it. It will. So. Um, so another interesting thing happened last week in a bad way. Um, a real a friend of mine, I moved here in 1974, moved away for a while, but I grew up in Fairfax Hills. So if you're from the Triangle area, it's right off Falls and Noose by Millbrook Road. And a good friend of mine's wife died suddenly. And it's this one hit me hard because it's the first time that a really good friend has lost a spouse. And I'm 62. I'll be 63 in May. So I know all this stuff's going to happen. I get that. But this was the first one that hit home hard. And it, it got me to thinking about a lot of things with my family and if I, am I talking to people that I should be talking to, things like that, which I'm going to work on. But the thing that really got it was um, at a couple of the, the services um, for his, my friend's wife, uh, I got to see some old friends. And the uh, church service for the funeral was as it should be. Uh, but there was a celebration later that evening, and that's when some more smiles were there and stories were there. And it just got me to thinking, uh, growing up around here, and if you're listening or watching and you want to send Amnon a note about uh, growing up um, and some of the fun things you did. Uh, so I've got a couple of stories on that. Um, so I grew up in Fairfax Hills. It was not a big neighborhood. Um, and, but there was three of everything. Three 10-year-olds, three that wanted to swim, three 10-year-olds who wanted to play tennis, three 10-year-olds that wanted to do neither, four 14-year-olds, you know, just three of everything. You were never bored. Uh, we had a pool, two tennis courts, a ping-pong table, card table, and a four-square uh, area in the corner of the pool, and it's a tiny pool. But we would just, so this was, we moved there in 74, I moved away in 79, and it just, we left the house every day. Times were different, so I'm not going to do the old guy in the lawn story, but it was just different. We would leave the house at, I don't know, 9 o'clock. Um, we'd go up to the pool for swim practice or tennis practice or both, come home, eat some lunch, and we'd go back to the pool. And usually about 3 o'clock, uh, if anybody of uh, the younger folks listening and watching uh, have ever seen a payphone. phone. <laughs> A real, a real payphone, yeah. Uh, it was a dime back then. So we would ask uh, anybody there for a dime, and we'd call home, and it would ring once, and we'd hang up. And that was by moms. That was all the moms and the parents' uh, cue to call back to the pool. One ringer. <clears throat> so we'd call home about 2.30, 3 o'clock, one ringer. We'd ring once, we'd hang up. 
give, give the person the dime back. And my mom would call. And one of us, who, whichever, my sister, my brother, myself, whoever called, would answer Fairfax Hill Swim Pool. And my mom would say, I want to speak to one, one of the Manning kids. Hey, Mom, it's me. Uh, what time's dinner? And she would say, 6 o'clock. Say, okay, see you then. Bye. And that was the extent of conversation with our parents. And that's how we communicated. That's how we knew when to be home. And we'd finish playing the rest of the day. We'd go home for dinner. And we would likely go back to the pool. We had a basketball court with some lights. But we would just do, we would swim till they close the pool. Then we'd stay and play cards. Uh, wicked games of spades and hearts. I mean, cutthroat. Um, yeah, yeah, we had a lot of fun doing that. Uh, but just all kinds of things going on there. And uh, ices, if they're, I guess they're called ice pops or the frozen things in the, the long. In, yeah, yeah. And those were five cents, and I didn't eat many of those, but you know, a lot, a lot of the people did. Uh, but just got me thinking back to uh, my friend who has uh, two sisters, and they were younger than him, but just playing tennis with the families, and so the you know the people that got together at celebration on Friday night, we started sharing some of those stories about, hey, do you remember when? And it it's interesting. I was in line. And some guy came up to me and said, hey, Mike. And he gave me his name. And I remember the name would not have placed him. And why he remembered me, I do not know. I don't think I've changed. Uh, facially, I'm older. I have gray hair, obviously. And the last time he and I saw each other, I was maybe 18, maybe 17. But um, it was fun, yeah. So that got me to thinking, too. It's like, all right, it's been that long since I've seen him. What did I look like? And you've seen pictures. If you're roughly mine or Amnon's age, you've seen these pictures back from the <laughs> late 60s, early 70s, right? And I had, for those of you that are Brady Bunch fans, I had the Greg Brady afro. It was black, and it was curly, and it went nowhere but out. It's like a Chia Pet thing, right? You put water, and it just grows that way. It never grew long. Never grew straight up. It just grew out. And I would have, I played a lot of tennis, and I would have a visor on and just hair out the side. And just, it would never, it never looked good. It, like I said, it never went down. Uh, my brother had that long, thin hair. So when he wanted to in the summertime, he could let it grow a little bit. But just thinking back to those pictures, like, God, I hope people forgot what that looked like. <laughs> But uh, it's fun seeing some of those pictures, and you try to go through them now. It's like, okay, I think that's, I think that's Jim. No, wait, is that Jim or is this one Jim over here? And you start because <laughs> the, the people you knew real well, you, that you hung out with, you knew who they were, and you start playing that game. No, 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 that's that's Jenny. No, that's not Jenny. This one's Jenny. So um, it was, it was a really crappy time to be there. Uh, because he lost his wife. It was a great time to be there because he could see the love from the neighborhood and all his different communities. Um, and I met his daughters, who tennis players as well. My friend and his wife were both tennis players, as were <clears throat> my friend's parents. And so we started talking about tennis and who got what skills from whoever and just started laughing, telling tennis stories and growing up. It just... Um, Love those family conversations, um, especially about growing up and laughing. And, you know, the older you get, um, I think we remember most of the stories, half of them correctly. We try to. 
Or one of your siblings says, hey, do you remember when we went on that trip? No. Mm. <laughs> and then I'll bring up something. My No. It's like, okay. So, you know, we all remember different things. <clears throat> but we would walk to, I went to uh, Millbrook Junior High School, which is now Millbrook Elementary School, right off uh, Millbrook. Across from, was it Quail Ridge Apartments right there? If you know where Millbrook and Falls meet. And my friend Trip Alden and I, we would just we'd walk to school. It was maybe a mile if you had to run it, maybe. But we're walking on the sidewalk, falls of the news, you know, seven fifteen in the morning, no cares in the world. Nobody was gonna pull in front of us and throw us in the car or anything like that, which was nice. So our parents could say, All right, we'll see you after school and we just kinda walked and, you know, that's what we did growing up, which was a lot of fun. So it was like I said, it was it was, it was, for him to lose his wife that quick and that sudden, it was it was tough to be there. But we were there for each other, which was nice, and got us telling stories and 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 laughing about things. And we would have, uh, um, my friend Peter and I that play. We played a lot of tennis together, and we had our one of the neighbors come out of the pool, make the left up into the cul-de-sac, and uh, Mrs. Tyson up there would always make uh, sun tea. She'd have a pitcher of tea, water, with about eight or ten tea bags, and she'd put it on the front porch early in the morning because the sun hit the front of her house, and we'd finish swim practice, tennis practice, whatever, and we'd walk up there for some sweet tea. I mean, it just just couldn't get couldn't I could not have grown up in a better neighborhood, mm-hmm. and uh, we had moved. <laughs> so, and again, for those of you that moved a lot, we moved. My dad was a uh, salesman, sold golf equipment and golf wear, and we always accused him of being on the run from, as we got older, we could understand humor better. We're like, who are we running from this time? Because we're first and second grade in Memphis, Tennessee, third and fourth in Columbia, fifth and sixth in Richmond, Virginia, seventh through twelfth in Raleigh. And so we moved here, and we've been living here. And my mom looked at my dad said, I'm not moving again. <laughs> so got to put the pressure on my dad to not move us again. So. Uh, she liked it here. All three of us enjoyed it here because, like I said, my sister hung out with her friends. And and as I got older, I learned to appreciate my sister's friends. Oh. So I'm wanting to hang around with her friends, right? <laughs> I'm 15, 16, 17 years old. I want to hang around with her friends. She goes, you're leaving now. I'm like, oh, I don't want to. They like me. They think I'm cute, right? And then my because my sister and I were two years apart. My brother and I are a year and a half apart. I'm the middle child, which is clearly the best child. I mean, it shows. Um, and so <laughs> my brother wanted to hang out with my friends, and that was not happening. My sister was way more patient with me than I was with my brother, and I would just I would shove him away and out of houses. Like, no, you're not hanging out with my friends. So, but to this day, but still to this day, we talk and and we're good friends, and we're I love him to death, and but he. He put up with a lot of stuff. I was not the, I was not the best big brother. Um, siblings for you. Sib- siblings, you have brothers and sisters. I had, yeah. I had a brother. Yeah, older or younger. Younger. Were you a good big brother? I was a very good. Big no. brother. I was a very good big brother. <laughs> yeah, but again, you know, growing back, and I mean they. Yeah. It's 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 just like you're saying, and and I didn't grow up here. Oh, we grew up in different worlds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I grew up in Jerusalem. Yeah, and it was 
I mean, kids eight, nine years old could go yeah. and go walk out, go yeah. downtown, walk back. I mean, yeah. but you never, I never had to take care of my brother because there was never any kind of problem. Yeah. yeah. What age difference? Three years. Okay. Yeah. Um, we would, uh, so I remember, I think this was in Raleigh. I don't think it was in Richmond. I think it was in Raleigh. We got our first video game called Pong. Mm-hmm. And it's basically two paddles going up and down. They, that's all they could do is go up and down. There's a ball like ping pong. The ball would just go back and forth. And it was, we thought we were rich. When we got a video game, we thought we were rich. And this this was probably the low-end game. I have no idea what my dad paid for it. One day he showed up with it, and we played Pong. And we're for a while, it was fun. But after a while, you know, so. But dad got mad with us because a few times we left it on and just burned into the TV screens. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was furious. But we didn't, there was no reason to stay in the house other than setting up Hot Wheel tracks. We'd run them from the top of the TV, run them downhill, flat, up a hill, see if they could go through the loop and then how far they'd shoot down the hall just to get up a, a head of steam and just li- literally see how far they could go and try not to hit the wall because we would get in trouble for mom if they hit the wall because if you've ever ran, if you've ever run a Hot Wheel car into a wall, it makes a dent. Yep. And mom's not happy with that, so we did not want mom to be mad at us. But that's so that's if we stayed in inside, that's what we did. But we all went outside, so we would play all kinds of games, kickball, uh, two-in-touch football, wiffle ball. And with wiffle ball, we took a wiffle ball, a bat, and a roll of masking tape because we knew at some time we would break the wiffle ball. And we would hit the, we'd play so much, uh, we would break the wiffle ball in half, we would tape it and continue the game. And it would break again, and we would tape it, and we would continue the game, and it would break it, and we'd continue the game. We'd tape and continue the game, and, I mean, that thing had a two-thirds of a roll of masking tape on it by the time we were done. You're basically hitting tape, not a ball anymore. But that's what we did till 10 o'clock. And during the summertime, we knew when the streetlights came on, time to come home. And, uh, you know, so it, it was fun to relive a lot of those stories uh, growing up. But we just, you know, you had to be creative. And so kids today, oh, I don't want to go outside. Well, that's where half the fun is. That's where a lot you're making it games up, and we'd play – um, base, we play stickball or baseball in the, uh, street and like this mailbox was first base manhole cover was second base. This other car or mailbox was, you know, and you just started playing, right? You make it up. Same thing with a uh, two and touch football. We couldn't afford flags. So we played two and touch, which brought out many arguments. Oh, you didn't hit me with the second hand. Yeah, I did. And it was okay, the, you wouldn't make the driveway the end zone because if you fell, it would hurt. So we'd say, okay, that bush right there at the end, that's the end zone. And that tree right there, that's the other end zone. And the game started. But that was the extent of those are only rules we knew. But that's how creative you got. So it was, it was a lot of fun growing up in Fairfax. <laughs> yeah, and the people that, uh, no, you didn't touch me. It's like, yeah, we did. And so the next time we touched him a little harder. Billy got the point of, okay, we can keep touching harder if you want. We can start, I can hit, put one hand on your back and the other hand in your ribs if you want, but I touched you twice. And when was the last time you thought about all these things before you met? Oh, it had been, it's been a a few years. Yeah. Yeah. You don't think about it. No. And sometimes when we're with uh, our kids, well, I still call them kids, our boys, 
who are grown and married and parents now, but they're still the kids, still the boys. Um, as their kids are starting to get a little bit older, especially Oliver, who will be six in July, we're starting to have some of those kindergarten, first grade stories, going to school, riding the school bus, which I don't, I think I rode the school bus a few times, but not that much because Tripp and I would walk to junior high school. And then here's the beauty of having an older sibling. And I think you probably fell into this too. My mom said my sister could drive the car to school, but she had to take her brother with her. And that just made her mad because she had to take me in the car with her friends. <laughs> no cars. How far was your school from your house? Uh, maybe less than half a mile. Yeah. Yeah. I was happy walking. I was happy walking to school, to junior high school. Because that was 7th, 8th, and ninth grade back then. High school is only 10 through 12 here. And now it's 9 through 12, which was another interesting thing. I don't know. Um, and for those of you from the Triangle area, uh, back in 1974, the only skyline was the Circular Holiday Inn Hotel, mm -hmm. which is about ready to be torn down. But that was the only thing in the skyline when we moved here. Everything else, it's, it's funny to look at pictures. And obviously, 540 wasn't here. And we would come back and visit as the boys were getting older before they even got to college. We'd come back and visit, and we'd be driving around. And they got tired of hearing that, yeah, Dad, we know this wasn't here when you are born. We, we've heard all the old stories. <laughs> but there's still landmarks. Uh, Capitol Boulevard was mini city before all that stuff yep. was built. It was just soccer fields, just tons of soccer fields back there called mini city. And that's what, you know, so. Uh, but it was it's good to – to reminisce about that because, you know, you're younger. Life was a whole lot easier. You just worried about, you know. Simpler. Yeah. Yeah. What's for dinner? I think our concern, because I had a bike, uh, which I thought was fine. I didn't know any different. It was a 10-speed. It was nice. It got me everywhere I needed to go. What more did I need? I had two tennis rackets because I played tennis. Uh, and I had a swimsuit. Um, I swam. I didn't go fast, but I swam. Um, that was, you know, I didn't know anything else. We never went on vacation. Uh, maybe two or three times. We went to Cleveland twice, see my dad's parents. He grew up there. And uh, so tell me if your folks have done this before. So my dad was a traveling salesman. So the last thing he wanted to do was come home on a Friday and get in a car and drive somewhere Saturday and Sunday, right? So my mom, uh, as we got older, she said, hey, uh, Jack, I want to take the kids to Disney uh, in Orlando. And my dad said, I'm not going. And I think he believed mom wouldn't go either. And mom loaded us up in the car. We drove all the way to Disney. <laughs> so, and my mom, the older she got, well, she just, yeah, she came into her own. She was real quiet when they got married. And, nice. Yeah, she went, uh, it was a boy meets girl in college. They met at Florida State. Uh, they get married. Girl drops out of college, um, has a baby. Uh, boy stays in college, gets his degree, and then they move somewhere else, right? So she had a year, I think a year and a half of college at Florida State. Um, and then we moved to Raleigh in 74. I think in 77 is we're getting older because my brother would have been 14 by then. She went back to school and got her undergraduate, her master's, and her doctorate. So. <laughs> but those were... Yeah, we just we didn't go anywhere. I mean, I, like I said, I had a bike, two tennis rackets, and a swimsuit, and I thought I was living in heaven. I go up there and see all the people I knew, all the friends, and you know, we still get together occasionally. <coughs> Excuse me.
excuse me, track, you know, track each other on Facebook, but every now and then somebody will post a picture. Who do you know in this swim picture? You know, it'd be the swim team picture of the year. And you're like, oh man. Uh, but my was a dead giveaway because my hair was, if it was dry, it was just a dead giveaway who I was. Now don't so. tell me speedo. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, that's back when I, so I never had a six pack. So here's the politically incorrect place where I had to shop for clothes back in the day. I shopped in the Husky section because <laughs> I never had a, okay. I never had a six pack, but I had killer thighs. I got my dad's legs, calves and thighs, and I had them and they looked good, but jeans didn't fit. And so I had to go to the Husky section to find a pair that did. And so, yeah, I always, I always thought it was normal to shop in the, in the Husky section. It never bothered me. It's like, no. that's where I always shop. So I didn't think there's anything different, but the older I got then for, you know, we started laughing about that. But yeah, I don't think they have the, the Husky section anymore for boys. I think somebody probably was bothered by that. I don't know why, but everybody does what they do anyway. So, uh, but, uh, yeah. So if, you know, we look at these old pictures, if the hair wasn't wet, which normally was for the swim team pictures, they guess right out of the pool and take a picture after a meet. You could kind of, you know, some people would have their glasses on because it's always hard seeing somebody who you always see with glasses on and all of a sudden they don't have them on and you're looking at like 30 years later. Isn't that, I don't know, they don't have their glasses on or their hair's not, you know, done right or, you know, because mine wet looked awful, but it, was, it wasn't it was here wet. It was here wet and just looked yucky. So when it was dry, it was, I was very noticeable, but not in a good way, but very noticeable because they um, but, uh, we, one of my friend's sisters, uh, my friends, one of his two sisters, uh, is considerably younger than him. And at our swim meets at Fairfax, they had uh, a six and under division and our pool was 25 yards. And so the six and unders would swim half a length. So they'd put the rope down at the 12 yard mark and they would ask for older kids like us to stand in the lane and catch a six year old. I would catch my friend's sister. She was just really cute. And I just, you know, grew up good friends with her family, just ended up in her lane a lot for some reason. And so I met her daughter. See, their mom passed about seven or eight years ago. And I saw my friend's sister there, and she introduced me to her daughter. So we're chatting for a minute. Her daughter, pretty good sense of humor. I said, you want to hear my best story about your mom? She goes, oh, Yeah. So I said, let me tell you how cute your mom was when she was five and six years old. And I explained that I would catch her in the, you know, and, and she was just, she stopped, stop with that. And her daughter would just die and laughing. But that's what we did. You know, you, the older kids jumped in, they caught the younger kids and, you know, they swam and then the seven eights came and they swam and it went all the way up to 15, 18. And, you know, so we just north, swam North Brook, North Hills, North Ridge, Wildwood, I think we swam against McGregor Downs. We didn't go into Cary too much. We played tennis against Kildare. And by the way, the drive from Raleigh to Cary back then, mentally we may as well have been driving to Greensboro. It's amazing now people live way on the other side of Cary and come to downtown Raleigh to work. Back then, oh, I got to go to Cary. <laughs> <laughs> and gas was 35 cents. And I remember the oil embargo. Mm-hmm. And there were line. I mean, we're talking about a quarter mile of lines worth of lines at the at the uh, gas station, and yes, you know, but 
it it wasn't difficult. He just had to plan it out right, like with anything else, get in line early. And um, but uh, yeah, I think it was thirty. Was thirty five cents when I, when I came. And this is the summer of seventy three. Okay. Gas was twenty nine. Yeah. Okay, good. The number, remember that, right? And I lived in New York. It was cheaper here when I drove down here. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot oh, yeah. cheaper down here. Yep. So it was always like when you go back, said, okay, I'm going to fill it up. Yep. But of course, by the time you get there, it's, it's gone and you have to fill <laughs> up again. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Yep. But it was, yeah, it, it's, it, it's ridiculous what so, it was. And I had a friend of mine, uh, her dad owned a gas station. And she would always drove a, one of those. I'm not a car guy, but I've always loved the Mustangs. Mm-hmm. I think it's the coolest looking car ever. And she drove a whatever of 71, 72, 73 Mustang. It was, you know, it wasn't the sports Mustang, but still a cool looking car. And she would pop into her dad's gas station and buy a dollar's worth of gas, not fill up, just a dollar's worth because that was almost three gallons. And back then, you know, you could drive a long way. There, but plus, there wasn't many places to drive. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just, Pull in. They're like, you know, you can fill up your car. She goes, no, I just need a dollar. That'll last me for pretty much the whole week. So, and uh, <laughs> I was telling somebody the other day that the the prom dates because everybody usually went to dinner before the prom date, and you, we spent our money. We were big time in it when we went to the Con Key restaurant at Crabtree oh, yeah. Mall. That was the spot for dinner for the prom was con key. It was hysterical. You look at it now and uh, could have never afforded the Angus barn, which is why I never went there, but the con key. And so about eight over four couples would get together and we'd go there, but you know, we were big time and it's a con key. <laughs> but that, you know, it's it context is fun because that's all we knew. We didn't need to go to these places or those places. We just knew that, Hey, we don't go there. We don't go to eat there very often. It's in the mall, so it must be good. Uh, and but again, you know, context on everything. When you ask somebody, "Why'd you do that?" Well, you know, put it into context. Like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. You know. Uh, but uh, North Hills was an indoor mall. Mm-hmm. It's an outdoor mall now, but it was an indoor mall. And if you know where the Panera and the Starbucks are in that building across the street, that Whitaker Mill there, uh, that was our dollar movie theater way back when. We drive up there and watch dollar movies and have fun. But uh, yeah, North Hills was an indoor mall. So we had that in Crabtree and go there for Christmas. They're both lit up, and I can't remember tell you the last time I was in a mall. Now, yeah, I know. <laughs> I've it. not been in Crabtree in a long time. I did a couple times with my mom. She would go walking in the mornings. She was one of those. She was part of that crowd. Go walking in the. In the mall, they you know they knew all the old folks. They weren't bothering anybody, and they'd open the door and let them walk, and they weren't causing any trouble. Uh, but and it's been a long time since I've been in there. But I don't know what I'd buy, and I don't know what I could afford in a mall. I, obviously, I don't clothes shop. I don't see what I'm wearing. <laughs> I have no style, nor do I care to have any. But uh, they don't see because we would go to Sam Goody's, the record store, mm-hmm. and just flip through the albums. Oh yeah, yeah, and then Spencer's. The store there, we'd go in the back to see what uh, posters they had. It would show scantily clad women because we were 16 years old, right? So we're looking for the Daisy Dukes from Dukes of Hazard of the world and some of these 
uh, rock, you know, rock these bands with the, you know, stuff like that. It's it's really funny to listen to it now. But again, context. But yeah, Sam Goody's was a hot spot for kids yeah. my age. Very good store to go yeah. into. Yeah. Yeah, but other than that, it was yeah. But it was it's funny. Crabtree was great. That. What? Crabtree was. Oh yeah, great. man. Yeah, we lived. Yeah, we'd go there at least. Yeah. It's it felt like. Three or four times a month, we'd go there for whatever reason. Just always down there. Anyways, folks, uh, thanks for uh, joining in on the stories. I uh, hope you have some. Uh, and if you've had, um, if you you have a friend or you've lost a loved one, share some stories because I still do that. My folks have been gone for a while. My dad is coming up on uh, 11 years, and I'll drive by landmarks. Makes me think of him. I laugh. He came up in a story the other day. My sister and I were talking about something and just kind of having fun at dad's expense of it's a funny joke and something he said or he would always say, but we got on that, but just, you know, made a smile and laugh. So don't ever, don't ever stop doing that. Thinking just, you know, remembering the good things about that. So, uh, so next week we have guests, uh, for the next month, we'll have guests. I love telling stories, but I know you guys like meeting other people and hearing their stories too. So. <laughs> Uh, we appreciate and everything. Tomorrow, and tomorrow we have a minute to give it the address again. Tomorrow, yes, 8.15 tomorrow morning, uh, 5211 Western Boulevard. It is the Farm Bureau office. Uh, plenty of parking. Plenty of parking. Come see us. Even if you don't want to join, you just want to meet some people, you want to see a B&I meeting, absolutely. Just you'll meet somebody you like. You may or may not do business with them. You may or may not join, but you will have a good time from 8.15 to 10.30. Guaranteed. Promise you that. Uh, so if you do show up, come find me and Amnon. We'll be there. Uh, and if you follow the show for a while, you'll probably meet some people that have been on the show before. Uh, so come see us. Uh, it's, we're there every Tuesday morning at 8.15. If you can't come tomorrow, come the next Tuesday. But you will be entertained, and you will meet somebody that you will like. We know that. So uh, anyways, we'll see everybody next time on Triangle B&I. the Nissan Communications Network. If you tuned in too late, you can always watch each program in its entirety or download an MP3 audio file of it in the archive section at nissancommunications.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on Twitter, and like us on Facebook. Sponsored by StreamingGear.com and DeltaForce.net.